0: and welcome to episode number 20 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in the gaming industry. This week, Dustin Galker, Eric Ramsey, no Brett Colson this week. He will be back with us next week, guys. This has been an interesting week. We saw some launches. We saw some interesting things come out of the NFL. Of course, the week one big contests in DFS are going to be going down this week and We'll also chat a little bit about something we're seeing that's a little bit of a disturbing trend on the old Twitter machine. And hopefully people will be listening and they will take our sage advice and they will bring it to heart. But Eric, Dustin, guys, thanks for being here. Yeah, you two, you, you're
1: too. you the only one of us that's been here for all 20 episodes, Mr. Brown.
0: I know. I know this is actually my 20th anniversary, yeah. not so much for you, not so much for you guys. I guess it's not an anniversary. Man, I messed that up. It's the <laughs> it's a it's a show anniversary or something. Sure, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's a milestone episode. We made it 20 episodes without getting fired or canceled. That is always a big bonus here, guys. As always, we are on iTunes, so please go subscribe, rate, review. Apparently, if you unsubscribe and resubscribe, that helps us jump up the charts there and everything so yeah try that out which is crazy i can't believe apple would let that be like a hack that you could do but uh hey we'll take advantage of it until they fix it so please do that uh we really appreciate it on to the quick hitters here first week of west virginia sports betting there are only a couple of casinos going here uh eric what are we looking at from the west virginia side of things
1: there is only one casino going just at hollywood uh this weekend they launched on thursday we talked about it real quick last week and through the holiday weekend, did about six hundred and forty K in total bets. Um, yeah. Hard to put into context. I assume most of that was on West Virginia football. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. You know, obviously, this month is going to be the big tester for these new sports books with NFL season to see what the numbers actually look like. But feedback was good. The numbers look, look decent in a vacuum and uh, Hollywood's off and running in West Virginia.
0: Uh, Dustin, when you see a number like six hundred and forty thousand over just a, a few days in a state like West Virginia, what was your initial what was your initial thought when you saw the total?
2: Yeah, I don't have, I don't know what to make of any of the launches ever because we're we're like throwing darts. This is new new territory everywhere we go. This was soft launched on Thursday. They went live fully on Saturday. This is just a physical casino in West Virginia, so it's hard to know what to make of it. I mean, six hundred forty thousand for li- very little run-up, uh, just physical physical betting sounds like a pretty good number to me. Yeah. So we'll we'll go with that. We'll, see, we'll go with it. It was a, a wild success.
0: I'll put it this way: when I saw the numbers, I thought, okay, in a few days, that is uh, that's not bad. So that's that was my that was my hot take, I guess, of the week. Whenever I saw those numbers, right there, the first month is in the books in Mississippi, of course. Casinos down in Biloxi, casinos up in Tunica, feeder markets of New Orleans down there in Biloxi, feeder market of Memphis up there in Tunica. Uh, Dustin, what do the numbers look like there out of Mississippi?
2: Same thing. This is uh, brand new for for Mississippi as well. They've just launched. They've been kind of slowly rolling out at casinos. Uh, around the state, uh, we actually learned that a tribal casino is getting into the mix here, too. So uh, again, this is August. This is uh, accounted for a little bit of, uh, of I guess, college football. Not really. But Thursday was, I guess, Thursday was last week would have counted. I'm not sure. But this is just the first month, a little under $10 million. I mean... Uh, Again, not hard to see. We're waiting for these markets to mature. So these are, we still don't have all of the casinos in Mississippi up and running. This is a brand new thing. People were kind of launching willy nilly without a whole lot of of, of run up. So yeah, proof is in the pudding. But you know, again, ten million sounds like a lot of money to me.
0: Yeah, and still doesn't. Still don't have any of the apps up and running there. And of course, we've mentioned time and time again on the show here that you can only use the apps on physical property. But that said, what that uh, what that really does is it opens up the door for in-game betting. And that's really the reason they'll be doing it. You have the in-game betting as someone sitting there watching the games going. And as we know, if you listen to these books, all they do is talk about how much handle they're getting in game these days and how they expect this to be really and truly the future of sports betting as it goes. So when you look at a number like this and once they actually finally kind of get the apps up and going there in Mississippi, I think we're going to be uh pretty pretty surprised with, with how much this ticks up because again we were we were kind of joking about it like what's the point of it being you know totally on property and that was more tongue in cheek but really the the utility of that is so that they're able to offer um is so they're able to offer the in-game betting
2: yeah. It's a, and you don't have to stand around and wait in line. I think there's even in Nevada when you're, you're if you're even if you're at a property, it's just way easier to hop on your phone and just uh, and, and place a bat rather than go stand in line. You know, that's, a, that's a, a convenience. that I think a lot of people would take advantage
1: of, even if it's not outside of casinos.
0: Yes, absolutely. Delaware numbers are in, Eric. Tell me, what does Delaware have to say about sports betting?
1: Numbers from everyone here. Yeah, Delaware is actually, you know, you remember they were the first state uh, to launch after the Supreme Court ruling. So they've been doing this since June. And since then, they've uh, booked $23 million in tickets, earned about $2 million in total revenue. The state is the big winner in Delaware sports betting. It has earned just over a million dollars in revenue so far. Remember, too, that Delaware was a little concerned about single game sports betting. They had this existing parlay product that was Earning them big returns, about 30% margin, something like $4 million a year in revenue. Um, but it looks like they're off to a, a comfortable start in Delaware as far as the lottery's revenue is concerned.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, as we mentioned, Delaware is as big as my backyard. So to see these numbers, it's pretty impressive to see the Same numbers. thing, no,
1: no mobile betting in Delaware either. It's all right. land-based, three casinos. So
0: not bad. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, Dustin, we got some interesting news and we say interesting for those of us who have been in the gaming industry for quite a while, a name popped up here over the last few days that sent chills down my spine for the memories of things that would come out, um, from this fella.
2: Yeah. If you're uh, a holdover from the online poker days, like a lot of us are. You might know the name John Kyle. He's the person responsible, one of the uh, politicians responsible for getting the Unlawful Internet Gambling Enforcement Act through Congress in 2006. That led to, of course, Black Friday when poker stars and everybody else was forced to shut down the United States. So he uh, is taking over the seat of uh, Senator John McCain, who passed away recently. And he is no no fan of gambling. Uh, he whether he gets uh, involved in sports betting remains to be seen. But he he works. He was a, an analyst. Uh, for a law firm who works with the NFL and a lot of the other leagues who are pushing for sports betting regulations. So a lot of speculation at this point, but Kyle coming back, at least, I mean, if if something actually happens this year, if legislation gets introduced and we have hearings – He's probably going to be involved because gaming has been something he's been really interested in. So whether he's around long enough uh, in serving out uh, McCain's term to, to affect anything remains to be seen, but probably not a good, not a good good news for anybody who wants to see uh, common sense regulation uh, at the
0: federal level. Eric, I know you have been around in the industry for quite a long time. Certainly know that, know the name John Kyle when you saw that pop up in your Twitter feed that had to, that had to bring back some memories, right?
1: yeah same same thoughts my i'm pretty sure my <laughs> eyes literally got wide sitting here staring <laughs> at my at my twitter feed when i saw that yeah a name that brings brings back uh, nothing but you know bad memories from from the poker industry days um we'll see how it goes i think dustin's points are, are right on we don't know how involved he's going to get or how long he'll even be there but certainly you probably couldn't pick a worse uh interim senator to to fill in here
0: yeah absolutely and of course we we Try to talk about how we think that maybe these guys are kind of coming around and starting to see the air their ways. But Kyle, 76 years old, so probably not a guy that's going to be uh, too open to changing his his thoughts on things that he's been thinking about for the last 30 years. So I can only imagine this is not going to to end incredibly pretty just with what he has to come out and say and everything. And now whether anything gets done, of course, we will. We will see here. The WSOP online circuit and PokerStars NJ Coop announced here. Uh, who wants to take this one? Dustin, Eric, whoever whoever wants to give us the details.
1: I'll run run through it real quick since I uh, wrote about one of these today. We Yeah, poker news here. Things are uh, ramping up in poker for the fall season here. Both PokerStars and WSOP announced their big fall series. Uh, I'll run through WSOP real quick. It's a full online circuit series. So there's 13 gold ring events over 13 days. around September 18th through 30th. Uh, 700K in guarantees. The main event is a 525 bind with a 200K guarantee. There's a high roller. There's a monster stack event. 13 rings up for grabs, something the WSOP has um, just started doing in the last few years is running their, their flagship events online, and it's been successful so far, so expect this one to carry the trend. Again, players from Nevada and New Jersey both able to to participate. Uh, that's not the case for the Poker Stars tournament. That'll be New Jersey only. It's the New Jersey Championships of Online Poker. It's the biggest recurring tournament series in new jersey a million and a half in guarantees 47 events similar um Main event to the WSOP, $500 main event, 150 k guaranteed. The big thing for this event is the three platinum passes, which are sort of the golden tickets in the poker world right now that PokerStars is giving away. They're going to uh, award three of those during this series in New Jersey.
0: And I believe those platinum passes are worth $30,000 in tournament buy-ins to anything that you choose, right? You could, If you wanted to play one high roller, you could do that, or you could break it up over 10 tournaments. Isn't that correct?
1: yeah, and they're really the thing that everyone is scrambling around for. They're a, a good draw, a good thing for a tournament series to be able to give away because everyone is gunning for those those tickets these days, it seems like.
0: yeah, absolutely. And the NJ Coop is actually a, a series where I've seen just following the Twitter people in the poker industry. I've actually seen some guys that will go and, you know, obviously people come out to Vegas for the summer for the WSOP. I've actually seen, you know, where people will go over to New Jersey just to play this series and things like that. So definitely a, a big draw, like you said.
1: And multi-state poker between New Jersey and Nevada hasn't quite been what we expected to, so it hasn't hasn't really resulted in the bump we hoped for. Um, it has for WSOP, but not for for the New Jersey online poker industry
0: as a whole. So this will be a good little tester of the post-summer poker appetite. The NFL, unless you were under a rock, is kicked off kicked off on Thursday night. Defending Super Bowl champion, Dustin's very own, the Philadelphia Eagles were able to triumph over another bird the Atlanta Falcons and took down that game right there came down to the final play of the entire game so even though the dud kind of oh, uh, game was a dud overall certainly some drama there. Yeah, you made it at sound way
1: more thrilling than it actually was. I mean, the, last the
0: game way, oh the boy. game look,
2: a couple of, I'm an Eagles fan. The oh game was just total garbage. Yeah. Other than the fact oh. that it like the last series was like an exact recreation of what happened last season in the playoffs. Like it was like I, I literally stopped watching the game and watched some issues during the game. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, it was a bit of a dud and but you know, listen, some drama at the end, so that's really all that counts, I suppose, especially for people holding some of those sports betting tickets out there but uh right off the bat here the ratings have come out dustin and the ratings for opening night were probably not what the NFL were looking for
2: yeah uh initial overnight ratings were what were, uh, down 8% uh, worst in a decade for a season, for an opener i mean you could you could chalk that up to a lot of things i mean people are going to read a lot of tea leaves here. Some people will say, oh it was just the lighting delay, uh there, there, it was the game started late, so people was kind of like, hey, I'll go watch something else. Uh some people like the Falcons aren't a great draw. Some people would say, um then some people will do these are overarching narratives like just people are going to be watching the NFL less. I mean, we're not going to, we can't certainly make that uh, that call based on one game at the uh, start of the season, but you know, this is this is part of why we think the NFL and other and other leagues should just kind of embrace sports betting because this should, the more that Grows and the more interest grows in, in, in sports betting, that's just, that's just good for sports and sports and the sports leagues as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, everyone wants to go on this giant ratings down, ratings down thing. And while they were down a little bit last year compared to to a couple of years before, I mean, compared to 10 years ago, it's still like 6X or 8X where it was even just 10 years ago. And then I think 70 of the top 100 Rated shows on television last year were all NFL games or something like that. So I mean, it's you you can you can go with the narrative if you want to that the ratings are down. And while like just on the surface the numbers, it's still just a behemoth. It's still incredibly massive. And I think people want to point to all this demise a little prematurely here when it comes down to to all of that. And you know, at the end of the day, it was a Thursday game, it did start late, and it's, you know, it's a school night, right, I mean, for for parents, for different people and things like that, and so, I don't know, I um kind of always take this stuff with a grain of salt.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and bury the NFL for, for ratings, but that being said, I'm, as a consumer, I'm watching the game, this is my team coming off a of Super Bowl's victory, and the game was hot trash, like, yeah. it's... Like Thursday night games, I think generally are also just are awful. We should be getting rid of those as well. But it's uh, yeah, it's uh, the bigger problem is does this continue? Do, do games continue to be poorly played, flags all over the place, or there's are there problems, and does that lead to more? I mean, that's it's more than just more than just the ratings in a in a vacuum right now. I think it's whether. Whether this is a bigger trend where actually well people actually start tuning out because the product isn't that good and, and and if that's the case and you know sports betting has a chance to kind of, of 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 pull that back because as it expands I think there's a chance that it just it just help it it just helps ratings and we'll get to that in a little bit here
0: yeah taking a look here at the power players in the NFL and if you followed along at all you know the owner of the Dallas Cowboys Jerry Jones is one of the power players when it comes to everything whenever you hear stories about when there is a major vote to take place he basically you know from inside the war room you always hear that he's the guy that stands up and addresses the whole rest of the owners and basically gives his position and and asks people to come along with him and things like that which makes this story Eric uh, incredibly interesting.
1: Uh, Yeah, you must be talking about the the sponsorship deal with casinos. The uh, committee of owners, including Jones, uh, recently approved some changes to the advertising policies, which will allow teams to partner directly with casinos for the first time. Uh, It also may include things like naming rights, which is going to be relevant for the soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders in the short term. But uh, immediately, as soon as the owners decided this, the Cowboys went out and partnered with WinStar – Uh, casino just across the border in Oklahoma. So they're going to use each other's logos and promote each other. It's really the first, uh, the first broad partnership between a casino and a team. The Detroit lions do have a deal with MGM, but not quite to this level, but yeah, Jerry, uh, old Mr. Jones taking advantage of these relaxed rules right off the bat here.
0: Dustin, this is something that I know we look at all this and we knew this was going to happen. I mean, I don't know if we knew it was going to happen this soon, but this is just one of those things where when we saw the MGM news come along and we see these different th- with the NBA and we see these different things come along, like to me, it doesn't really jump out as, a- as as absolutely crazy because eventually money talks.
2: Yeah, I mean, I got a little bit of whiplash like Eric where, okay, we changed the policy and all of a sudden the Cowboys have a deal with the casino. That's kind of wild that it happened like, blink of an eye like that. But, you know, we already knew, like, MGM Grand Detroit had uh, a deal with the Lions, but it wasn't this kind of overarching partnership deal where you can actually, where, like, the casino can use the marks and, and things like that. So this is a big deal, and, you know, like, uh, and try have you know, Oklahoma tried and did this, obviously looking ahead to sports betting, too. There's been uh, uh, rumors of sports betting there. So, yeah, I think I think any casino uh, in a state where sports betting might become legal or, any, or really anywhere, right? you know, is gonna be looking at name rights. These, these casino corporations can cut giant checks and, and, and value the name recognition. So we are
0: only gonna see more of this for sure. During the blitz of DFS advertising and the rise of daily fantasy sports, one of the things that actually came out of that is people were holding these giant conventions, they were holding these big seminars, they were able to fill these rooms. I went to a couple of them, they were here in Las Vegas. I'm talking, you know, several hundred people who paid, I would say, not not, not a very small amount of money to come and sit and listen to different people talk about the various intricacies of the fantasy sports industry, strategies, I mean, major even players from behind the scenes and stuff like that would come out and do that. Well, one of the things that really made a some headlines here was Tony Romo had planned this major event, had a bunch of other guys signed on to come along with him and Dustin Things had to fall apart for Tony Romo on this because of one, the NFL.
2: Yeah, this this is a case we've I've covered for going back several years. Uh, there's a, remember this fantasy convention back uh, several years ago that was supposed to be held at the the Sands Convention Center, which is near the Venetian, a uh, link to the Venetian in Las Vegas. And basically, NFL said, now you can't players can't go there and appear at it because uh, it's it's linked to a casino. So this this this, this case is actively going on where the 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 organizers of this of this uh, convention uh, this fantasy convention are suing the NFL because of their policy on casinos. So it is interesting that like this this came down this, at the same time the NFL is relaxing its standards on casinos. It seems like you know under this new world where the casinos are okay with the NFL, this case would be totally moot. It would be hard for the NFL to argue, oh, casinos are damaging us because we're letting players. While at the same time they're creating a policy that says, "Oh, hey, we can get sponsorships from casinos now." So, yeah, uh, crazy world. It's and, you know, but the NFL is obviously adapting. This is a holdover from that. I, I don't think if this ha- I think if this convention had been held uh, this year, I don't think we'd have any problems. I think we'd we just say, "Oh, you can go ahead and do the convention and it's not, at a casino and it's not a problem."
0: Eric, do you feel had you attended one of these conventions back in the day when they were popular, you would have already won the Millionaire Maker? Do you feel that this <laughs> is your big downfall as the reason you're not a millionaire right now? Who says maybe I have won it more than once and I'm
1: just not <laughs> telling, telling you guys yeah, the list of, uh, you know, this particular event, the list of players and in, uh, fantasy industry luminaries that we're going to attend was pretty expensive. They had almost 100 players on the list. Romo has a stake in the company. OBJ was going to be there. Just some some of the biggest superstars of football itself and of, of fantasy sports were going to be there. And the NFL said no go. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure about what Dustin says that it it might not be a problem in 2018. There's still as far as we can tell, there's still a prohibition on players uh, attending events that are sponsored or hosted at casinos. Uh, Even even while we're talking about these deals between between teams and casinos, it seems like that player level prohibition is still in place.
0: I feel like at this point the players might go. All right. I I dare you to do something against me right now. I think that there I, sure. I think there's probably one of those sentiments kind of going on with this. They're going to be looking to to make some money on sponsorships and things like that as well.
2: Yeah, and look and look, Jerry Jones still owns a tra- stake in DraftKings, which yeah. is now operating a sports book. Like it's it's re- it's really hard for the NFL to say, hey players, you can't be involved in casinos. It's the the line is continually getting blurred with the owners in the league so it's it, I, I i agree with eric where it's hard to it's hard to see where the nfl could really can
0: come down with an iron fist on this stuff despite what the cba might say talking about eye-popping numbers and things that might give you whiplash the american gaming association did a survey apparently came out and said that 2.3 billion dollars could be added th- with revenue through sports betting eric what say you on this
1: uh, yeah, this just in sports betting increases fan engagement in sports. It's shocker. Nice. We, we haven't shocker. been, we haven't
0: been jumping up and down and saying this for like the last <laughs> decade or anything.
1: And we have lots of good data on it. This seems like particularly good data. It's from Nielsen sports, a study commissioned by the American gaming association, uh, polled more than a thousand adults. Yeah. The AGA or Nielsen sports says the NFL should receive about $2.3 billion in annual revenue increases, most of that, they broke it down to most of that uh, they project will come from direct consumption, from broadcast and from ticket and merchandise sales. But also the corollary things like advertising and sponsorship will factor into that. They also include $30 million for data, which raised my eyebrow because there's no agreements in place between leagues and operators for data. But yeah, regardless of the, that $30 million, we're still talking about huge huge numbers into the billions of dollars in in sports betting revenue for the nfl
0: dustin that is 2.3 billion with a b did that number seem out of line to you or i mean once you kind of look at these various things right i mean stadium naming rights and all the stuff that eric just mentioned and whatnot I, i mean i saw a bunch of people saying that number is ridiculous that number is so high but when you kind of start factoring in all those other things i i think it's i think it's pretty on
2: yeah, I mean I think it's high. I think it's on the the high range of, of expectations for the NFL and I hate uh, raising expectations but yeah, it's not the it's let's let's put it this way. There, the the amount of money the NFL can make just from sports betting existing widely regulated United States is a non-trivial amount of money, even if it's just one billion or a billion and a half. That's that's money that that's that's enough money that it makes the the NFL take notice. Yeah. It's not it's not chump change. This is money that that they, they see, and this is without uh, actually codifying integrity fees or royalties from states or the federal government or whatever else. That's without that. And, uh, that's why this. That's why we think the league should be just in favor of good regulation that doesn't necessarily pay them directly because they get this ancillary benefit from from it existing,
0: which is again. And if you're listening out there, I know you're listening deep state NFL. You're listening to this podcast. You're listening to us. Just, just, just chill out, man. Just be cool. Everything will be fine. Uh, New Jersey. I just got back yesterday from glorious exotic Atlantic city guys. There is still water in hotels and everything like that over there. Um, I took in some, uh, some of the, I actually walked to a couple of different casinos, checked out some sports, but just wanted to see the crowd on Thursday before I left to see kind of, if there was a buzz going on around the sports books, first NFL game. And the, the books I went to, I saw a buzz. I gotta be honest with you. I mean, there were people there, they were all Jerseyed out. And of course it is New Jersey and it's very close to Philadelphia. There's going to be a ton of Eagles fans and things like that. But um, you know, everyone wearing their jerseys really pumped up. There was lines at the the windows and whatnot. And I think Jersey's going to be a pretty good, uh, pretty good hotbed for this guys. I think we're going to see a lot of, of, pretty good numbers come out of this NFL season if what I saw just on a on a on a Thursday comes true but Dustin what was few is now many we have a lot of people operating on the mobile side of things in New Jersey now
2: yeah I feel like just two weeks ago I think we were complaining that DraftKings Sportsbook was the only sportsbook operator uh, online in New Jersey and now now we're up to half a dozen uh, just last night right before the kickoff of the NFL game uh, Caesars launched its product. It has three casinos in Lake City, Bally's, Harrah's, and Caesars. And they they have a, a fully operational online casino already. You can now go onto the, the casino app or uh, website, and you can now book sports on Caesars. So that was a big one. Uh, Fandle now fully launched, as is William Hill. Um, so now you, now if you're betting in sports in New Jersey, uh, you now have no shortage of options. And we're also now seeing kind of what uh, you're going to see in other states. These are these are the operators who are going to be in a lot of states. You're going to see a William Hill app in a lot of states. We'll get to that. Caesars has uh, properties in a lot of states. FanDuel has has deals to get them into uh, at least, I think, 15 states right now. So we're starting to see like what the sports betting market's like, what the product is going to look like, and what people can start to expect even in New Jersey and outside of it.
0: You know, Eric, we talked about you being able to preview the FanDuel app. I was able to download it and actually use it when I was in New Jersey. You were not kidding when you said about the the just the aesthetics of it, the way that it functions, the way that things go. I actually did an experiment here at my house. I took the app and I handed it to my wife who has never looked at a sports betting app before in her entire life. Wait, wait, said,
2: she's she's looked at a sports betting app, but what do you, want? you do that's all
0: you do at night. <laughs> no, but I mean that's me on my phone. She's not like standing over my shoulder making sure like what that I'm betting the correct side or anything like that. And so I hand her the app and I said, Hey, find me the uh Browns and Steelers game and tell me what the line is or something and she was very easily able to navigate and find that game, find the lines and different things like that and I just think that th- so far FanDuel is at least from the app side of things it's like FanDuel and everybody else. I don't even think it's there's a close second at this juncture.
1: I have DraftKings right up there too, but to, I think you're right this FanDuel product is I mean, I guess we should have seen it coming, but it's sharper than I expected. I'm I was really impressed with it. Um it has all the features of any other sports book on the market it seems to do them better than the rest do um yeah i mean i'm just i'm actually looking at it right now looking at the the Djokovic tennis match and it's not live yet but they're showing stats for the two players on different surfaces and their ranking so even even before the game start there's some useful features here on the sports book yeah i really can't i can't find anything any nits to pick about this this platform it looks and, and, really and, good to my eyes.
2: And this is shocking too, because you know, obviously, Fanduel has been bought by Paddy Power Betfair uh, in the last few months. But uh, you know, Fanduel has been knocked for its product in the DFS world. So to to see the the sports betting product come out, albeit under the umbrella of a new company, and be just kind of like a world beater. This is a really good product that is easy to use, intuitive, and 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 so far, obviously, not everybody's to market yet. But this is it's best in class as it is right now. So I think I think it's kind of shocking to see Fan or at least the the, the, the the Fandles being given the name by Patty Power Betfair to see them in the lead as far as product and sports betting.
0: Yeah. And I guess I should I guess I should say the functionality of the DraftKings app is fine. I don't like the aesthetic. I just don't like the dark coloring. I think that yeah, they'll probably fair. end up I think they'll probably end up tweaking that, to be honest with you. um, I think that. Just the the dark coloring probably is not pleasant to a lot of people's eyes. So the the thing about FanDuel it's kind of bright and vibrant and 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 but still very clean and that's one of the things I, I think that a lot of people will really enjoy whenever they take a look at uh whenever they take a look at these apps. But um, all these guys getting going here and William Hill. You mentioned William Hill, uh, Dustin, Eric. I think maybe uh, maybe we'll let you run with this one. But William Hill with some really big news. Probably
1: going to take over the sports betting world. It looks like right now they're they're in the catbird seat. They um they offer sports betting in every state with a legal industry. They have a partnership in Rhode Island that's pending and uh, access into Pennsylvania when that launches. And this week signed a deal with El Dorado Resorts, uh, a very broad casino company with reach in more than a dozen states. So William Hill will be building sports books out for El Dorado. Uh, William Hill also has a, a broad deal with Penn National not exactly sure how these two are going to interplay with each other but you can pretty much expect when when a state launches sports betting going forward William Hill will be right there on the front lines with with a platform
0: yeah and Dustin this is something that you know you've been beating the drum about this literally since this all broke but it was you better get your partnerships in place and you better get your partnerships in place in a hurry I don't know when you made those statements if you thought that you would be looking up right now and there would be seven hundred partnerships already done in this industry already, but um, you were you were spot on with that.
2: Yeah, I mean the numbers going down. Like we're down to like if you want to get a, a big footprint very quickly by partnering with the Casino Group, it's pretty the pickings are getting slim. You you're kind of down to Penn National, which is actually already signed deals with William Hill in two states. They haven't actually come out and uh, signed an agreement for a national, at least not publicly or that we know of. But, yeah, you're you're looking at – it's a harder road. You're going to have to kind of go into each state piecemeal rather than have this overarching casino deal that makes life easier on you. FanDuel uh, already did it as well. So, uh, yeah, I think – yeah, and then we also knew that DraftKings was, was rumored to be looking at the same kind of idea – Deal actually with Eldorado. Uh, why William Hill beat out DraftKings, we don't know. But DraftKings does not have this kind of overarching deal yet, and I'm sure they'd love to have it. That would make uh, everything easier for them moving forward. But yeah, you need to have you need to you need to have your ducks in a row. Uh, it's going to be at least in the in the early days. The it's, who
0: you know is a lot more important than 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 what you're doing and how you're doing it. I think. So moving on here, uh Eric. Before we get past New Jersey, I kind of should have done this before we went on to the William Hill El Dorado news, but who's next in New Jersey? I mean, the market seems to be filling up rather quickly. What else can we expect to come out in New Jersey and who who else do you know of that's going to be doing something relatively soon? And who do you think is next?
1: Well, we know we have Hard Rock has a couple skin deals um, that it has announced. We don't yet know who its supplier is, but when the property opened in july the ceo said it would be about two months before they released their plans. uh we're getting there pretty quick we're almost at two months so we should know about hard rock pretty soon and that you know most of most of the casinos and properties in in new jersey have their at least the start of their partnership uh structure in place or or heading that way
0: dustin in new jersey is there do you think there's going to be such thing as too many sports books or do you think that there will be room for all these guys that are opening
2: I mean, if any, if the online casino industry has taught us anything in New Jersey, it's that you—it's only as limited as the amount of marketing and the amount of product you can put out there. We, people have been forecasting New Jersey online casinos to plateau for for years now, including us, and it's only continued to grow more. There have been more operators added, more apps and more more sites, and it's continued to grow. Uh, in a pretty big fashion over the last two years, so th- there's uh, there's no reason that sports betting can't do this. Take the same story arc where you add more apps, you you have more penetration, you have more people doing marketing. We saw DraftKings put a put a print average a print newspaper ad, which I don't think I've ever seen a, a DFS company or a sports betting company do in the United, United States. But um, yeah, there's 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 room for this. There's room for lots of operators, and you know who, who's going to do the best depends on a lot of things. It's it depends on. The product like we talked about with FanDuel, it talks it probably depends on your odds it depends on uh, just a number of factors but i don't think there's i don't think there's going to be anytime anything such as too many sports betting apps anytime soon in new jersey
1: we still have a couple big european providers set to uh make their new jersey debut too. bet365 and the kindred group and BetStars, a couple, a couple yeah. big brands still out,
2: there. and, and eight eight eight,
0: which is already has yes, yeah.
2: poker and casino as well. They'll, they'll be in soon as well. So
0: yeah, it'll be interesting to see how these guys look to diversify themselves and and basically carve out their own little spot. You can definitely see where FanDuel and DraftKings have tried to do that with the the micro bets and the micro deposits and different things like that. So uh, we'll be interesting to see how these guys really look to to market to the different customers. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going off script just a little bit here, but as we talk about innovation, one of the articles over at the lines is the link sportsbook opened and it's kind of following a trend here. The, at, we talked about, briefly about park MGM on this show as well before that uh, that's owned by MGM. Of course, the link owned by Caesars where they're trying this kind of new form of sports book. And I think this is something that we might see kind of take over as these states start to expand. When we see a bunch of these casinos that are going to be building physical sports book from the ground up to where they're not having to, uh, you know adhere to what they the space that they had already built like the ones here in Vegas and different things like that I mean this was a complete redo over at the link on the floor and they're going with this kind of more of this like living room slash you know you're sitting on couches with your instead of like the gigantic you know screens up front you kind of have your own screen in front of you and you're watching the game that you want to watch and there's different things like that where you might can even serve yourself beer. There's like self-serve beer taps and things like that. And guys, I got to be honest with you. I mean, I know probably when someone pitched this to a, a an executive back in, you know, a couple of years ago, because certainly this didn't come to fruition overnight, but they probably kind of laughed it off. But I, I listen. I mean, the you guys have been to sportsbooks here in Vegas, and I don't know if that traditional sports book atmosphere and the way things that go on appeals especially to new bettors and new people so i'm wondering in these other markets as they expand and start to build these sports books if we don't see more things like this where it's more like a sports bar that also has sports betting it just happens to be located in a casino
1: it looks really good to me i don't know you didn't say whether you liked it or not but to to my eyes in the photos i've seen it looks pretty amazing
0: yeah, no, absolutely. I like the feel of that because I think that it gives people who are a, a little bit intimidated by things, um, especially by this whole sports betting thing, if they've never done it before or whatever. I think that it's a little bit more inviting. I think the the feel is a little bit easier for the, for them to. To, to, adhere to. And I think that, you know, listen, whenever you're sitting there and you feel like you're more at home or you're more at a bar or something like that, and you're not like sitting in the, the the stadium seating type deal, which again, it's perfectly fine if you like that type of atmosphere, but I just think that there are some people who find themselves intimidated in these certain scenarios inside of a casino. And I think this is a little bit more inviting Dustin, when you, when you see stuff like this, does this like, d- does this kind of give you hope for the expansion again across the, the States here?
2: yeah absolutely because i go like i went into the borgata race book which is obviously just a temporary solution for sports betting which is the old style have a tv you have a seat and like your individual tv and it's all cramped together it feels it is not a place where i want to hang out for any amount of time so when i see comfortable looking sports books created with that are that are fun to be in and are not just places for you to 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 sit there and hang out by yourself and watch an individual screen. I I, I do. I think that's, I think that's where it's going. MGM has obviously done a lot of that with some of its, with some of its uh, newer sports books and revamped sports books as well. So I hope everybody kind of takes that to heart and, and that's what we see kind of nationwide.
0: Yeah. And I hope these guys like take a lesson if they go talk to their, if they go talk to their, their poker room managers, because Eric, I mean, you've been in poker a, a super long time and I'm sure you've heard the same thing I have with a lot of people who say that they played poker, but have never played poker in a casino. And the number one thing I always hear is they're just intimidated. They don't feel it's not like their home game. It's not like whatever. And I think that it can be the same thing at a sports book when it seems so foreign to anything like that. And if you kind of make it feel a little bit more like what they're accustomed to, I think that's just going to be better overall product.
1: Oh, it's got to be even way more intimidating to walk into a sports book than than a poker room for the first time. Uh, Maybe just because I've been around poker for my whole life. But you walk into somewhere like the Aria that's a big... A big movie theater essentially with a huge board of lines plastered along the whole wall. That's definitely an intimidating experience for a new better. Yeah, this sort of it's also hard, you know, when you're all seated in a row like that, it's sometimes hard to carry on a conversation or talk talk about things between plays and stuff like that. So yeah, making these environments that are more like your living room where you're already watching the games and hanging out with friends seems like a, a shrewd move.
0: Opening week for the main slate in daily fantasy sports. If you take a look at the two main sites, is bringing some massive, huge, huge, huge guaranteed tournaments this week. This is not uncommon. We see the most player influx in the first few weeks in DFS. The first new like new players influx and. DraftKings is going really all out here. I mean, they have a $20 buy-in, $5 million guaranteed, a $3 buy-in, $2 million guaranteed, a $333, $1.5 million guaranteed, a $10, $1 million guaranteed, and they have others. They, you know, they've got a $600K, a, a, 20, a $500K that's got a $25,000 <laughs> entry fee for that one. they got a couple other $500K tournaments with lower buy-ins, three different $400K uh, buy-in tournament so they are really going all out here you go over to FanDuel site on the other hand and they do have one massive tournament a nine dollar buy-in four million guaranteed but then the next biggest guarantee they have is, is a 44 and a 150 both of those at 600k um, then a 444 at 400 and that's 1600 at 450 so not really any of those huge guarantees in the smaller price range like you're seeing over at DraftKings, it looks like whenever you kind of go through and and look at the lobbies there, DraftKings with at least two times the the guarantees here on opening weekend. Dustin, I know that we've seen DraftKings be more bold than FanDuel here in the last couple of years, and certainly DraftKings is willing to kind of step out. But to see the the disparity in the in the in the guarantees, especially in week one, was a little was a little strange to me. I, I thought there'd be a little bit more parity, especially with FanDuel being you know bought out like we talked about.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is the world we. What's been developing is this DraftKings is way ahead of FanDuel, and at least on the DFS side, it's uh, it's just a, another reminder of that and just the an escalation of that over past years. I mean, I was noting. I mean, FanDuel is advertising and marketing more heavily than DraftKings nationally. We saw we saw commercials on the, the Thursday night game last night. I'm seeing uh, FanDuel ads kind of around the internet as well. So FanDuel's try is ramping up. So. Uh, I'm not seeing DraftKings doing quite as much national ranking so I'm gonna I'm gonna guess so we'll see the gap close. Not obviously not week one, but I think I think we'll see the gap close a little bit as we go through the NFL season. And before you move on, I want to I want to ask Eric how many twenty five thousand
1: dollars entries. The <laughs> uh, what's the is there a max? Is it single entry or is there a? I, I think you should multi entry.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you uh I think you can only enter once in this one, so you're well, only gonna I
1: guess. Yeah. I guess one. I guess just answer. just
0: one bullet. Yeah, I know. Just just one bullet for that. Um. Eric, we talked a little bit last week about the whole thing where FanDuel had given away a seat to the president of Barstool Sports, and then it came out just yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, that it actually is a bigger, overreaching partnership there. TVG, which is also owned by the parent company uh, that owns that owns FanDuel, Patty Power Betfair, uh, TVG is actually going to do sports betting shows as well, and they are going to be hosted by the guys from Barstool Sports. So this actually was one of those things that was a much bigger partnership in the works, but they only came out with that one weird thing to start out. I think it would have been a little bit easier for everyone to to swallow had it been like, no, this is this actual massive kind of like partnership deal where we're going to be doing programming and everything for them as opposed to just coming out that, you know, we, we gave this guy a live final seat.
1: Yeah, and again, like we talked, even Grumpily, we talked about last week that this makes a lot of sense to partner with Barstool. It's a it's a a really shrewd partner uh, in this space. But and and yeah, at the I've had a couple conversations recently with FanDuel where they've talked about these brands. Uh, the The group now has, I mean, many many brands in the gaming space, and TVG is one of the important ones going forward. It has a TV network, which seems to give some some weight to that brand and. FanDuel Group's going to use that and the rest of its brands to to promote to promote sports betting, basically.
0: Now, Dustin, we have several studies out there that show uh, the the obvious links and crossover between DFS players and sports bettors, But is there any numbers out there for horse betters and sports betters?
2: If those numbers exist, I have not seen them. I'm going to say they're not super highly correlated. Like even anecdotally, we saw. I think people were saying like they're like for opening day of college football at, uh, at the Meadowlands, there's way more people watching trotters than, than betting on sports. So these are like uh, I'm not sure they're really highly correlated, even though they like to bet. Like. Right. horse players are like their own breed. They're like they do their own thing. I mean, other than you know the people, us who casually might bet on some big races throughout the year, like uh, the people who rate who watch races all the time are not necessarily primed for DFS. Maybe a little more for sports betting, but I, I yeah I don't think there's a whole lot of crossover there. So yeah. seeing uh, seeing uh, the. It might be a little bit of a shock to people are used to watching TVG, seeing uh, the Barstool guys on there.
0: Yeah, I think they, I saw they had to come out and release a statement after this got out that, because I guess they were getting backlash from the major horse players and whatnot. And they, they did put out a statement that they will continue these, the, the main focus on TVG will always be horse racing and blah, blah, blah. And, you oh, know, I'm this this is I just
2: missed, I missed that backlash. That's
0: funny. Yeah, and so they were they will, the, the focus will always stay on sports, always stay on horse racing, and this is just you know some some programming for NFL season and yada yada yada. So it's funny that they had to put out that statement and whatnot. I mean, Eric, I think it's like you said, it. I think this is more that it's just a resource that they have, and they might as well utilize it, right? I mean, it's 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 a resource they have that they own. They might as well use it for advertising one of their products that they now have. I mean, it would seem almost foolish if you have a television network. And didn't put some sort of something about sports betting on there with this being, you know, the first time that outside of Nevada can do it for a football season.
1: Yeah, and TVG, I mean, it's a lot of people watch TVG. A lot of people yeah. interested in horses watch TVG. It's it's everywhere. You know, I just spent some time in Long Island uh, and at the bars, every TV had TVG. Everyone everyone at the bars was betting the ponies too. Um, if anything, the, the crossover between sports betting and horse racing might work toward horse betting. I know that's not the goal here, but I mean – I'm right. a DFS player, and I was tempted to throw some money on the ponies while I was watching TVG. So, if anything, there might be a little bit of draw in that direction. <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it. Uh, before we, we, need some
2: get... D- we need some DFS horse racing. We, <laughs> there used
0: to
1: be that one the
2: derby wars thing that like doesn't exist anymore. I don't think, but we need we need some of that.
0: Yes, I agree. I agree. Listen, we'll get on that. We'll we will try to get on that here before we get off of DFS. If you are wondering, uh, DraftKings, more partnerships with more restaurants and things like that. The One of their tournaments this week is going to be presented by Papa John's, Sands the Papa. And there's going to be a promotion with Roundtable Pizza where you can win a trip to the Super Bowl. So they are continuing with this whole partnering with restaurants thing and listen I think it's probably and and listen it's pizza and you know pizza and football every it's this is nothing new this has been around literally the correlation there has been around for like 30 years I remember Domino's doing ads way 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 back in the day about football and things like that and so people sit at home on Sunday they order pizza and they watch football so DraftKings keeping going with that now while that might be good and of course all these gigantic Tournaments that they're running in DFS might be good. One of the things that we have seen that has not been good so far, and we've been praising DraftKings a lot on this program because they've been done some really good things here lately on the sportsbook side and the DFS side. But man, this DraftKings sportsbook Twitter is beyond tilting so far. I mean these are these are times where everybody is jumping all over anything. If you have a negative opinion of sports betting. And you want to make a point. People are trying to find reasons and everything to jump all over any negative thing that could possibly come out about sports betting. And uh, Dustin, Eric, you and uh, you, you and I, the three of us, we all are monitoring this stuff and we obviously want what's best for this industry and things that are going on. And then you see tweets where from a sports book, a newly a newly open sports book I might add at that, where it, there's an actual video of Nick Sabin, and it makes alluding to the fact that he's upset in the video because he bet the under in the game that he's coaching, and then and then there's another tweet that comes out where it talks about like someone having to move out of their house because they bet the Falcons on Thursday night. Uh, this this is just so incredibly tone deaf and ill advised. Like I just can't I can't wrap my brain around how you could type this out, especially with all the negative stereotypes that are out there, all the things that people are looking to jump on and cling on to right now. Uh, Dustin, we'll start with you, but I just I can't see how you type that out and hit send.
2: Yeah, it's uh, I mean I think there's people who think we're doing a little too much hand wringing and and, and and hyping this, but I think I don't I think your the point is not understated. We we have a chance at doing regulated sports betting the right way. We can't have nonsense out there pretending, even joking about games being uh, a a change or alt or manipulated for sports betting purposes. It's not worth it. There's no, like whatever the few likes and retweets you get out of that is not good because that tweet could get screenshotted and put up at a congressional hearing down the road because, hey, look, this is a regulated sports (laughs) book that's making jokes about manipulating sports. We're not exaggerating this. Like if they hadn't deleted that immediately, I think I feel like there'd be a non-zero chance we'd be seeing that in legislative hearings next year. We like we we just have to do sports betting right and there's just no sense in in joking about manipulating sports betting or problem gambling which you're going to talk about next
0: I'm sure. Yeah, Eric, I mean this is one of those things where I think what what should be done every single time is you know, okay, I type out a tweet I typed it out obviously for the lulls and now let me weigh the lulls to what could be the potential downside here. So will the few retweets and the few hearts that this gets be worth the potential backlash down the road? And I think nine times out of 10, whenever you do these things, if there's any question whatsoever, just friggin' delete the tweet and, and write something else.
1: I suppose DraftKings should have seen this coming. The person behind the Twitter account had you know, has a, reputation for this the the personality on twitter is is good it's engaging and it's you know lighthearted and it it communicates the brand well but this is a this is serious business this is regulated sports betting and not something to be taken lightly and you know dustin hammered on the game fixing i'll hammer on the problem gambling that tweet today really bothered me about losing a house on the atlanta falcons uh problem gaming is a serious it's a serious thing and it's something that a lot of people are concerned about as we, as we expand sports betting around the country and just not something to be joked about for, for any reason.
0: Yeah, and this is one of the things, if you think Dustin and Eric are are kidding here, these guys watch more legislative hearings than anybody in the United States of America. And I can tell you right now, when they say that these that these tweets or these screenshots would be brought up in hearings, they are not speaking in hyperbole. Like, this is real. We've seen this happen with these various hearings and stuff there, where they bring up things that they've seen and, and whatnot. So you guys, like, I think that just... I just want to drive home to people who are listening that think that, that this is like all these guys are, are saying some some stuff here that there's no way in hell. Like, no, this is like a real thing. Like, we've actually seen this happen before.
1: And regulators are watching, even in states without sports betting, even states not on the verge of sports betting. Regulators are watching these conversations. And I hope regulators in New Jersey are watching this, too. And I hope they deal with these sort of things without without restraint. They're You know, New Jersey regulators know their stuff, and I, I hope they – um. I, I know they'll take these things seriously if they continue.
2: I just think that if you're running a sports book, you should be just be just err on the side of caution. Let's, like you said, don't give the haters and the people who want to stop expansions of gambling, who don't want to see sports betting expand across the United States, don't give them ammunition. That they they have plenty of ammunition as it is. They the, the leagues have plenty of ammunition for what they want. Don't give them more in the form of just of just nonsense via social media. It's just not worth it.
0: Agreed. Thank you for listening, guys. If you're out there listening and you're an industry person, we're trying, we're trying as hard as we can. We want this to succeed. We're, we're really not uh, trying to make issues out of things that aren't issues. We're trying to do what we think is best here. Uh, at, on Twitter machine, Dustin, where can they find you? Dustin, Galker, G-O-U-K-E-R. Eric Ramsey, did you get rid of the underscore yet? Did you get rid of the underscore uh, yet? Man, it's your job, buddy. That guy, that guy won't answer me. I've tweeted at him yeah. like five times a day every day for the last month.
1: Eric underscore Ramsey.
0: (laughs) That's just it. At Matt Brown M2. Of course, guys, we are on iTunes. Please go in there and hit the subscribe button. Please give us a rating. Please give us a review. We really, really appreciate all of this stuff. And good luck if you are betting or playing DFS here in week one. We will be back next week. Thanks for listening.